0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Raising Unicorns, a Harmon Brothers podcast. And at Harmon Brothers, we don't care where you work or what time of day you do it, as long as it gets done. And in today's episode, we talk about why our best results come from a flexible work schedule. Unicorns are real. In the past eight years, Harmon Brothers has helped raise five unicorns. Yes, that's five companies with a billion dollar valuation, with at least six more companies right on the cusp of becoming unicorns. Here on Raising Unicorns, we share the lessons we've learned to help you grow your business by tens or even hundreds of millions of dollars. It's time to start raising a unicorn of your own.
1: All right, welcome back to Raising Unicorns. I'm Brett Crockett. I'm the marketing director at Harmer Brothers, and I'm here with Ryan Powell. And I'm one of the creative directors here at Harmer Brothers. One of my favorite creative directors. I don't know (laughs) if the other creative directors are listening. Hopefully not. They don't. They they, they never tune in. (laughs) They're
2: they're too busy trying to reach... Where I have already gotten
1: to <laughs> climbing that ladder to get to Ryan's level, but it's awesome to be here on the podcast today, chatting about something that I think is helpful, not just for marketers or marketing teams, but really any business or anybody that runs a team or anybody that works for somebody that runs a team and speaking specifically about office culture, working from home versus working in the office and some of those kinds of things. And yeah.
2: Super applicable to pretty much everybody.
1: Yeah. Ryan, I'm curious. What's your kind of perspective on working from the office? For context, Ryan works mostly from the office. I work mostly from home. I'm in the office, I don't know, one sometimes two times a week, but you're probably in the office, what, five times a week? Typically, yeah. Or six on busy, six or seven on busy. Yeah,
2: sometimes, all week. Sometimes I have stayed the night in the office, (laughs) multiple (laughs) nights in a row even. I know, I've seen your
1: whoopee, Ryan. (laughs) It needs a wash, okay? (laughs) I've smelled your whoopee. Anyway, because you've worked from home as well in the past.
2: Yeah, I actually kind of enjoyed working from home a little bit here and there before COVID, and then when COVID hit... I continued to kind of embrace it, but mm-hmm. because I live alone and I am single and I am very much alone.
1: <laughs> this Dude. podcast is specifically intended <laughs> to fix that. So you can email Ryan, Ryan at <laughs>
2: And I do like living alone after a while, after so much seclusion is like, I need to be in the office more and be with my right. team. And because I actually really like collaborating with my team, it's just a way for creativity to thrive with me. I can't create stuff in a vacuum typically. yeah. Well, sometimes there's some points where I need to go off by myself and then work on some stuff. So every once in a while, I will still work at home. I'm like, okay, I need to work on this script a little bit. I'm going to work at home for a little bit, but then I'm going to take it to my team. And then we're going to bounce ideas off each other and get feedback, just see where we can take it. But generally, yes, I do like working from the office because it's just that I feed off that energy.
1: Yeah. With the creative process, I think generally speaking, you need both of them, right? You need alone time where mm-hmm. you can kind of have that deep work and you can let the ideas flow. But then there's also that element of creativity that comes when you're in a group and feeding off of each other and brainstorming and some of those kinds of things. And so I think it's important to have both of those. And you don't have to necessarily do the focused work at home, but it is kind of work that takes place inside your own head. And at some point you have to bring that out, share it with others, get the feedback, iterate and some of that kind of stuff. And that's really hard to do on Zoom, speaking from experience, right?
2: Yes. Not ideal all the time. Sometimes it's there and it can be really helpful, but...
1: Sometimes it's the only way. Sometimes there are people that you need to collaborate with that can't be in the same room with you. And Mm -hmm. so in my experience, and I'm curious your take on this, Ryan, I've been working from home now for eight, maybe almost nine years. So when I first started working from home, everybody was like, oh, how can you do that? Like I could never f- work from home, right? Yeah. And now I would say the majority of people have at least tried working from home. Uh-huh. You know, during the pandemic, it, it gave a lot of people the opportunity to do that. I think a lot more people liked it and got, what did I say, into the flow of understanding how it works to work from home, like what mm-hmm. they need to do. But for me, it's always worked out really well, I think for a couple of reasons. The first one is that, I live a long ways away from anywhere, what it feels like. So to come to the office here at Harmon Brothers, the drive's about an hour, and now with gas prices at over $5 a gallon, like it costs a decent amount of money to come into the office, you know, certainly every day. So that's one thing that's nice. I get a couple hours back per day with no commute, And then I save a lot of money on gas as well. So that's nice. Doesn't specifically relate to work performance and stuff like that, but from a kind of a quality of life perspective and maybe saving the environment type of thing. (laughs) I'm saving the environment. I like to tell myself that.
2: When you're at home, are you able to easily distinguish, okay, this is my work time. I have to take care of my work responsibilities. And then- have that designated time
1: where you're with your family and stuff like that, is that yeah. is, has that been a, st- a challenge or? You'd have to ask my wife about that. <laughs> no, it is, it's definitely a challenge. And I think it always will be for everybody, but you can minimize the challenge, right? And so one of the things that I've done is, well, for a couple of reasons, but I have a separate office. It's down in my basement, which takes me out of the general living area mm-hmm. of our home. And so walking down a couple flights of stairs is my commute, right? And while that's not the same as getting in a car and driving a little bit, it does give you that sort of... That separation. uh, Yeah, that separation. Exactly. The other thing that I do is I have a lock on the door and Mm. that's necessary because I've got two kids. I don't want to say they're needy, but (laughs) they're kids. And so without the lock on the door, you know, I'd have kind of the constant interruptions. And so that's actually really helped. The other thing is, Having that door on the office, you know, not making it in a bedroom or, you know, kind of another common area of the house allows me to close the door and go upstairs and I'm done working at that point. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not to say I don't sometimes come back down or I don't bring the laptop up or some of those kinds of things. It's definitely a challenge. And so I think that's a lot of the reason why some people don't love working from home because they feel like if they're home and their home is their office, then they're always gonna feel like they're in work mode. It takes a conscious effort to work with that, but yeah, it's a good point.
2: Yeah, because I know like when I've tried it and I sometimes still do it, but it can be a struggle for me because I also have my own office, but then the rest of the place is open and I feel like I can just go do anything at any time. Right. It's very easy for me to get distracted because it's like, oh, I could take a break and just like watch TV for a second,
1: play some music or whatever. I get that too. Like the interesting thing is when I leave my door open, my wife's like walking past the office, she will see like Facebook up or I'm watching a video or I'm on Instagram or whatever. And I'm like, no, seriously, Whitney, I'm like, this is work. (laughs) And it literally is like, I'm watching videos and I'm on social media and that's just part of the job. Yeah. But from her perspective, working at, you know, a more kind of a more corporate job, if you're on social media, you're Uh not working. So it's kind of, it's kind of a funny dynamic there. But (laughs) on the other side of the coin is that working in the office for me, I love it because I love the interaction with the employees I love being able to easily bounce ideas off each other and that sort of thing is a big advantage. But at the same time, there's so much water cooler talk and some of those sorts of things, which I really enjoy, but Mm -hmm. which are essentially, like you said, distractions, just like watching a video or, you know, I don't know, going outside and walking the dog or whatever. Like, I think distractions can be helpful. You know, sometimes your mind needs a rest before you can really go back and get focused. Mm -hmm. But I think those distractions happen whether you're at home or you're at the office. And it's something that you have to learn some self-discipline to cope with. Maybe you can make them a superpower rather than something that makes your job harder. Yeah, you
2: could. I mean, I think a lot of the times when you do turn your brain, not necessarily off, but you switch gears and stuff and you're just like relaxing a little bit, you can recharge your brain, give it that break. And also it can be a little freeing and allow other ideas to come.
1: Exactly. And Daniel Harmon says all the time, he's like, yeah, my best ideas come when I am sitting on the porcelain throne. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think everybody has that area. Like for me, it's the shower a lot of times, or it's when I'm out running in the morning. Right. That's when the ideas can kind of flow. Yep. But if you're working all the time, you're not able to have kind of that creativity. You don't have time for it when you're in there doing the actual job, like the mechanics of it. Right. Yeah,
2: exactly. Exactly. And I'm a master of distraction. I love
1: distracting people at work, but, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you do a good job of it. Yeah. So one thing that I love about Harmon Brothers is that they've always had a pretty flexible work schedule for employees. So they work when they want. They, generally speaking, they work when they want. The emphasis is really on getting the job done rather than it is like, oh, where are you working or what hours are you working and some of that kind of stuff. And I think it works really well with a creative type business, but I think it can also work well with other types of businesses.
2: Yeah, I know it works super well for us. Like I've found that I will actually think about work a lot more this way because in the past when I've had jobs where it was like a clock in clock out situation once I'm clocked out I don't want to think about work right nothing about work but here it kind of bleeds over into just like throughout the day here and there a little more right I think as long as you're approaching it in a healthy way it can be very beneficial in a lot of what we create I'll get ideas for stuff all the time like you were saying with Daniel like in your On the toilet for normal pooping reasons. And then, like, (laughs) and you're in the shower and, like, normal showering reasons. For normal showering reasons. (laughs) That's where the best acoustics are, honestly. Yeah, yeah. So that's where I do my singing. Yeah. uh, (laughs) (laughs) I really like the flexibility there. I, I just don't feel tied down. Which I love.
1: Yeah, which is great because, I mean, you're a guy that generally works in the office, but Mm -hmm. we give you the flexibility to go work from home or go work from the coffee shop, wherever works best for you. Side note, Mm -hmm. we do track hours for project billing and there's some required meetings, right? So we have our team meetings Yeah, we have an all hands meeting once a month. We have, depending on the team you're on, we have one-on-ones that could be, you know, every week or every couple of weeks. And so there are definitely some times where, number one, we're tracking hours. Number two, it works a lot better to have people in the same room than Mm -hmm. kind of scattered all over. So on my team, on the marketing team, we have nine people. Seven of those nine work from home, I would say, the majority of the time. And then there's three of them that work pretty much exclusively from home. So we have one employee that's out in Tennessee living on a beautiful plot of land that we're all <laughs> jealous of anytime we're on Zoom. <laughs> and then we have Tom who's up, he's probably a two hour drive away from the office here. Yeah, he's so, Yeah, up yeah. in Logan. So he's almost always working from home as well, although he has an office up there that he goes to when he needs to really focus. So separate from his home. So that works well for him. I think the idea is that we're treating employees as responsible adults. And if you treat them that way, generally speaking, they're going to act that way. I know there's probably been some exceptions, but I think giving them the benefit of the doubt One of the things that requires, though, is having managers who know how to manage remote employees and even just other team members that know how to work with someone who's not in the same room with them. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you've seen examples of ways that we've been able to identify those people who work well or maybe don't work well in a different situation and making some changes so that they can get the best effectiveness out of the way that they're working or the way we need them to work.
2: Yeah. So using these methods and just this way of working has proven to be really effective in building a really strong team. If there are people that we try out, because we'll have people start on sort of a trial basis, right? right for a matter of months, however long. Yeah. So they'll work as more of a contractor more than tractor. like a full-time employee. Yeah. yeah and yeah. we can get an idea of their work ethic and stuff like that. And if it's a situation where we're constantly trying to hound them constantly getting after them, checking in on them in order for them to get stuff done and keep them motivated. We know it's not a good fit, right? right? And so we don't pursue that relationship. We don't make them an official employee. Mm -hmm. Whereas when we start using contractors that are very proactive and Mm -hmm. they're passionate about what we're doing, we're not having to hound them and get after them for every little thing. They're two steps ahead. And in those situations, it's like, okay, well, they're obviously already a great fit for our team let's seal the deal. Let's make them an offer. We've done that a lot. And I mean, there still has been like maybe one or two times where it didn't work as well as we would have liked it to. And in that case, after some time had passed, we would try talking with those people, trying to get them motivated and stuff and see like if there's something that needed to change in order for them to be proactive, take action on their own. And when it didn't happen, then we had to part ways.
1: Right. Right. So the interesting thing about that is I think At least before the pandemic, when people talked about working from home, it was like work was always in air quotes, right? It was Mm -hmm, like, oh, you're working from home. yeah. And I think there are definitely people out there who maybe abuse the privilege of working from home. But like you're saying, when you see the work that they're producing, again, we don't care when they're working. It's more about the results. And when you see those results day after day from somebody who's working from home, and it's as good as or better than someone who's working in the office, it kind of proves to the managers or to the company that, look, that's an employee that can be trusted. doesn't matter whether they're in the office or at home. Yeah. They have the work ethic, and that work ethic exists regardless of where they're working. Exactly. You know, when you have people that are in the office, just trusting that, oh, because they're in the office, they're working is like, that's a misstep. Oh, 100%. It maybe looks more difficult to hide the fact that you're not working when you're in the office. Mm -hmm. But Ah, it's possible. Yeah, it's possible. (laughs) I don't even necessarily know that it's harder because there's added skepticism sometimes, depending on the culture and the company and stuff like that. There can be added skepticism. And so a little bit more oversight over the people that are working from home. And then you take for granted the people who are in the office and you kind of sometimes just assume that they're working. Yeah. And so I think, again, it just goes back to this idea of... If you have the right employees and you trust them and you have some systems in place, project, you know, tracking and some of those kinds of things. If you have the right systems in place and the right mindset, like you can trust your employees to work as adults and get the work done that you expect them to get done. And if they're doing that, then where they're doing it from doesn't really matter, right? Yeah. Yeah. I thought this was interesting. Daniel Harmon, he posted on LinkedIn about work flexibility. I think it's been a few months, but that post was on fire. It got over 7,500 reactions, over 900 comments, which for me, a guy who, when I it's po- over, post- over 95,
2: 9,500.
1: What did I say? 75. 75. Oh yeah. You shorted him by 2000. I'm Daniel, I take it back <laughs> 9,500. So, but that's crazy because when I post something on LinkedIn, I might get like three people to like it. It's mm. like my mom or yeah, that's my mom really and my mom's second LinkedIn account <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but it was crazy the response that he got because there are, I think, polarizing feelings on this issue. I know one of the comments was like, but Daniel, how does the work get done? If it's not structured, won't people just be lazy? He said basically what we're saying. He was like, we hire people with good work ethic. I think to your point, Ryan, like we put them on a trial to make sure it's a good fit. And if the work isn't getting done, they're out of a job. It's actually a great recipe for getting the best team because it allows people to either rise to the top or sink, right? Yeah, spot on. Ryan, what's your favorite thing about working in the office? I'd have to say my team. I'm incredibly
2: fortunate to work with people that I absolutely love, whose energy I feed off of, and it inspires me. They inspire me, and I just love these opportunities that we have to work together on projects that we feel so passionately about. And so seeing them every day, like it's like coming to hang out with friends in a
1: way, but you're doing something that's meaningful, you know, and fulfilling. Yeah. That'd be my favorite thing. Yeah. That's awesome. I miss some of that with the amount that I work from home. Like I say, I'm on zoom all the time with team members and stuff, but it's not quite the same. We try and use zoom. We use Marco Polo, we use Slack and it's great, but it's not quite the same as seeing somebody face to face. And so that's one thing that I miss out on. And One of the reasons that I try to come into work at least once a week, because it's fun to actually see people in person.
2: Well, another thought I had going into the team that we have and being able to work with each other on a daily basis. We are actually, like most of us, have become pretty close friends. And I think when we bring on contractors and our clients and we're working together with them, they can see that, they can feel that. Right. And I think it's weird for them. (laughs) <laughs> but to see like how much these people actually like each other. Yeah. Like you can always be professional. There are no strangers to like, you know, working with people that are just pleasant and professional all the right. time, but we're like joking around while still getting stuff done. Yeah. And yeah. I personally love that because I goof around quite a bit, but I also want to put my whole heart and soul into my projects and make them the best that they can be. And so like that balance and that mixture, it's one thing that I think makes us, our work, stand out. Even better. Yeah. It helps our work get even better.
1: Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome.
2: Brett, I was wondering, what would you say is your favorite thing about working from home?
1: Okay. So I've had to think about this a little bit because there's a lot of nice things about it, right? Right. But one of my favorite things is that I get to work with a team who would otherwise not be able to be on my team. We have an employee. She was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, Brett, who I mentioned works out in Tennessee. When she moved to Tennessee, amazing thing happened we got to keep her on the team. That's so great. It's incredible to be able to have these team members that you love working with, that are excellent at their jobs and that aren't tied down by their location. Yeah. And we've got Tom and we've got others that are on the team. If we didn't have this flexibility, they just wouldn't be on the team and we'd lose a huge part of what makes Harmon Brothers special because of that. And so I think the change in attitudes, I would say over the last two to five years, has been awesome as far as not only making remote work possible, but making it acceptable and respectable. And so I think that's been a, one of my favorite things about working from home. And granted, like that's me talking about other people working from home, but it's allowed me to work at Harmer brothers, even though I live a decent commute away as well. And so it's just opened up opportunities for myself and for my team. And I'm really grateful for that. So
2: yeah, that's a great point. Cause we even have people on the creative team that do that. We have, yeah, Mike and Delaware. Right. Yep. Our Delaware office, Our he likes to call it. (laughs) We
1: currently have a European office. Uh, Gibson's been in Portugal for three months almost. That's right. And Chris and Leslie Stroud on our consulting team. Uh Chris is our chief strategist. He lives in Portugal. And now I I will also say that these people make an effort to actually come and have FaceTime with us. Um, Usually a couple of times a year we get together and we get to have that face-to-face time and some of those benefits that you were talking about as well. But man, these people that we have that are remote, like they are amazing and the team just wouldn't be the same without them. Did you so.
2: remember like when, did you ever have times at this job or past jobs before this was possible where someone that you really liked working with got a new job? Yeah. Somewhere else where they had to move yeah. like out of state, far away. Yep. That was the worst.
1: Yeah. Well, it is. Not only do you lose their work abilities, right? Mm -hmm. But in a way you lose some of that friendship too, Yeah. because you don't have those constant interactions with them like you used to. And so, yeah, I remember a real good friend that I worked with, his wife was going to school somewhere else. And because she had to go to that university, essentially, they had to move Yeah. and remote work at that company was not possible. He had to go with, right? He wanted to support his wife. And then that meant that we lost him. Yeah, man, having the flexibility to either work in the office or at home or, you know, some combination of both kind of changes the game for what a company can do and the people that they can have on the team.
2: That's funny that you said that because that's Mike's story who lives in Delaware. Is that why he lives in Delaware? Yeah, because his wife went out to school over there. He's going out there to support her and she's becoming a doctor of some sort.
1: I Uh, love doctors.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Doctors are... Smart. <laughs> they're, they're so smart. Yeah. And Mike, you're smart too. Mike's smart too. Because he knows that he needs to support his wife in becoming that. That's right.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. perfect example. I mean, I'm sure that happens in many companies. Yeah. And if they don't have that flexibility, then they're losing fantastic talent like we have in Mike. And oh yeah. And so great benefit to working. Yeah. To it's have that, fantastic. To have that I love it. I love it. Okay, so let's wrap up the takeaways, Ryan. A couple of things that I've been thinking about. First of all, I think we've hit on the head, like trusting your team just empowers them to do better work. And so being able to, number one, find people that you can trust. And then number two, trusting them to do the work in the way that works best for them and for the company is going to give you that advantage when you're looking to hire people and when you're looking to retain great talent. Yes. With
2: this culture, it naturally weeds people out that are not go-getters and they're not going to be proactive and it helps the stellar employees rise to the top.
1: Yeah, exactly. Another one, you have to emphasize getting the work done and getting it done well, rather than clocking in just to sit at the desk. And if you can figure that out, how to measure the results of the employee rather than measuring, I guess, where they're working or what hours they're working, you're going to be much better off.
2: Totally. And the last big point is a happy team makes for happy clients. Like our clients can feel like how passionate and excited we are about their products and that gets them more excited about it. It helps us develop a better relationship with them and all of that will culminate in a better project.
1: Yeah. Better outcomes from better relationships between team members, right? Yeah, exactly. All right, Ryan, great chatting with you today. I'm gonna invite you up to my house to do a little bit of work up there. We can do some brainstorming. You can walk my dog. Just I'll kidding. invite
2: you to the office.
1: Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. Is there an empty seat near you? Yeah. Most of my
2: coworkers, they tend to just kind of not come into work. No. I'm just <laughs> <laughs>
1: Anybody who sits within a ten foot radius of Ryan works from home. Oddly enough. All right, Ryan. So before we leave, we got one more little surprise up the sleeve. Oh, do tell. Do you want me to tell you? I would love that. If you're listening on YouTube, go down into the comments. And we've got a Harman Brothers sweatshirt and sweet Camelback water bottle that we're going to give to one random selection of somebody who comments what their favorite Harmon Brothers campaign is. And then why is it Skullshaver? Uh, who was the creative director on that, by the way? Well, well
2: actually, it was me.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. Just blew my mind there. Okay. Yeah, it was me and all me and not co-creative
1: directors with Shane. Okay, yeah. No, Shane's not generally involved in much we do around here. Awesome. So guys, leave your comments down below. Favorite campaign. We'll select a random winner to send a t-shirt, or not a t-shirt, a sweatshirt. Legit heavyweight sweatshirt for the summer months. And a (laughs) water bottle. We'll get that out to you via DM. All right? Awesome. Okay, good chatting with you, Ryan. Take care. See you guys.
0: For many businesses... Customer acquisition and ad buying has been a nightmare ever since iOS 14. If you want help navigating the craziness of the e-commerce market, Harman Brothers is offering a free webinar with three golden metrics you've probably never heard of. These metrics could help turn your company into a money-making machine. Just email us and we'll send you our value-packed video. You can reach us at podcast at harmanbrothers.com. Once again, that's podcast at harmanbrothers.com.